Chris, we might be crazy, but let's just keep doing it because we're having fun. Welcome to Healing Hearts, a podcast created by the Healing Center, voted Pittsburgh's best dispensary. Welcome to the first edition of the Healing Hearts podcast. Uh, first, we'll be interviewing Chris Cohen and Jay Richards, founders and owners of the Healing Center. My name's Mike Flick. I work at the Healing Center as well. And uh, Chris and Jay, uh, we're really here today to talk about your story. You know, why is the Healing Center here? That's kind of the end result of a path that uh, you two gentlemen have been on for a very long time. I know, uh, Chris, it, it started back in 2010. Yeah, it's about a decade now. So wow. it's been a, an interesting journey for both of us, two lifelong friends who, who, who set out to do something about 10 years ago and, uh, and we're having fun doing it. Haven't stopped costing us any money since then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big investment, big payoff, but yeah, it's it's, it's got to be a rough road uh, to get there. And uh, Jay, you have some personal family ties to to why you're here and why you took this enormous obstacle on as well. What, what's that? Sure. When Chris and I uh, first started talking about this, uh, we talked first about you know doing this business as you know, being an entrepreneur. Right. Sure. Being a, being a good steward of the community and creating the right type of company and, and servicing patients. And um, my sister had Crohn's disease. And uh, as a result of having Crohn's disease since she was 10 years old, she developed some other ailments, one of those being uh, cancer of the stomach. And she was using uh, cannabis. I wouldn't call it medical cannabis at the right. time. <laughs> didn't exist. Sure. Uh, she was using street cannabis, I guess would be the proper term, and right. um, off the black market. And she had very limited access to it. She really wasn't uh, somebody that was a consistent user or somebody used it her whole life. Uh, but she had found some relief from it, both from Crohn's and from uh, the cancer of her stomach. And uh, ultimately, she ended up passing. And I think that if... Uh, she would have had access to it on a continual basis. She would have lived, uh, she may not have lived into her 70s, but she passed away when she was 40 years old. I think she would have wow. probably pulled another decade out and she would have lived certainly happier. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a tough road to, for, for anybody to go down. I see why it kind of puts you on this this path. Um, and I know this means a lot to you, Chris. You always, uh, you said the word stewardship in there. That's something that always kind of came off from the both of you that this is a stewardship and that's why you're carrying this banner of medical cannabis in the community. Well, when you get to, to launch an industry in, in a state that is this important and you're dealing with people's health and, you know, that's a huge responsibility. And, and Jay and I take that very seriously. Um, so it's, you know, it's something you take with you all the time and you really have to consider it every move that you make. There's a lot of motivation there, but you guys had a lot of obstacles in front of you. Like you said, you started all the way back in uh, 2012, or I'm sorry, 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, you were knocking on political doors, and uh, how many of those? How many of those did not get open with a warm greeting? Most of them slammed in our face. <laughs> yeah, back then, the early years were were just if we could get five minutes with somebody, it, it was really amazing and you know then they sent in their secretary to get rid of us and you know they, the gatekeeper yeah, yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of meetings like that we had several where we sat in the waiting room and sat in the waiting room and sat in the waiting room and then an hour later they're like yeah the senator's not gonna be able to meet you today yeah <laughs> so, that had to be discouraging yeah it, it are. It, it, you know it's everything has to start somewhere and that's the way we looked at it you know, at the beginning you know, 
anything that you do never starts easy. Right. You know, it's it's always very, very difficult. And we I don't know that we knew this one was gonna be quite as difficult as, <laughs> as it became, but um, you know, in the end it makes it all the more I think uh, refreshing and, and, and rewarding to us too. But you guys went through so much to figure out one thing, and that really seems to be how are we going to get this medicine to be- to the people who need the benefit of it, which sounds really simple from A to B. But, you know, you, you start down this path with the, with the politicians, you know, you've got uh, kind of the societal propaganda of, of quite a few decades working against you as far as cannabis being, being the devil. Uh, I'm sure you guys had to educate a ton of people, a ton of politicians. Was there a lot of that? Can absolutely, I absolutely. Get the ball and uh, a lot of that. I mean, Chris, Chris knows the product very, very well, inside and out, down to the cannabinoid level. And uh, when we got in front of politicians, the uh, you know we first had to explain to them that you know we're serious business people, yeah. and we're here to help people. And then we got down onto uh, on a level of here's what cannabis can do. And then Chris, of course, would mostly uh, reiterate some of the benefits of the cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would we would speak about cannabinoids and terpenes, which not a lot of people know about even right. now, <laughs> which we're just really starting to educate patients and, and society about. But back then it was, those were the foreign language. So I think, you know, we had meetings with, with senators who would, you know, we'd go through a whole, whole meeting and at the end they'd ask us, so is the child going to, how are they going to use the bong? You know, and you get a question wow. like <laughs> that and it's like, yeah. Yeah. okay, we better back up again and, yeah. and start over. And uh, I think, you know, that, that was part of the education process, just getting people to understand and treat it like a medicine. That was the most important thing is, you know, consider it like you would any other medicine. Right. You know, in the end, we're a pharmacy. You know, you you work there. You know, we're Absolutely. a pharmacy. We're run by pharmacists. We are a, a medical facility, and and we're there to help people with their health. And that's uh, it, it's a far leap from the image that a lot of people have in their heads of of what cannabis is and where it comes from and and everything else. And you know, it, to the point that you see now every day in the dispensary, you can't tell us that it's not medicine. You just have to walk through that place on one day and see the patients in there. Yeah, all you have to do is sit in the waiting room and talk to them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we all know that, and they're they are very welcoming with their stories. Um, it's a passionate community. Yeah, and and you know people share and they like to help each other. So it, it's really an amazing group of patients that we have. The favorite story that I have, and I tell it all the time, is there was a there was a uh, an older lady that was in our stores, and at that time, I was uh, Chris and I were on on site and on hand quite a bit when in the early first couple months. And she had a walker, and she walked up and said, "Are you, uh, oh young man, are you one of the owners here?" And I said, "Yes, I am." She goes, "I just want to thank you." She goes, "I was on I was on twenty two pills before coming to the healing center, wow. and she's down to two pills a day. She was on twenty two pills a day." So you got to ask yeah. yourself, who is prescribing this lady 22 it's, pills a yeah, day? Scary. And yeah. what reminded me of, similar to my sister, the reason she got cancer is because she was on pills for so long, it just starts to tear your body apart. Right. There, mm-hmm. Therefore, she ended up getting stomach cancer. You know, the, those pills get absorbed into, through your stomach. And I think that's one of the causes. And you got to look at, you know, this lady's kidney and liver and stomach are probably just getting destroyed for 22 pills. And that's just wow. obscene and it shouldn't happen in this country. That sounds irresponsible. Well, we, we, Mike, you and I talk about our marijuana moment. 
And I remember you telling me your story about the the gentleman that came into you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you might even want to. I don't know if you want to share that. Yeah, one, but. It, it, uh, it was when we first opened the uh, the first store in Washington, and there was a gentleman who came in. I, I wish I could remember his name, but it was the first couple of weeks of yeah. the store open. Everything was exciting, and uh, we were all still learning. And he he sat down and he looked me dead in the eye, and with a smile on his face, he said, "Mike, I've got." Uh, money in the bank. I've got a, a beautiful wife. We've been married for decades. We've got beautiful kids. I've got beautiful grandkids now, and I've got six months to live. How do I enjoy those six months? And I, we sat there for an hour and a half with that gentleman, and we answered every question that 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 he had because um, that, at that moment it feels, as I'm sure it does yeah. for all of us, it feels like a responsibility mm -hmm. to yep. help them. Yeah, Absolutely. it gets very personal at yeah. that moment. Yeah, because you, you're you're in a serious situation with somebody who's got six months to live, yeah. right? And that's that. No, until you're in that position, I was never in that position before. I can. I can be honest, other than, you know, family members or somebody who was going to pass, but just in a scenario where you have an opportunity to help somebody in, in their last months of their life, and that can never be taken lightly. And to, to see a gentleman like that with such grace and such poise in the situation that he was in, that's something that- More than we had. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. He was, you know, we were falling apart and this yeah. guy's standing there, you know, looking at us like nothing's wrong. But um, that's where we are now. And you guys, you guys, you guys went through a lot of obstacles like we were talking about to get there. Um, you did a lot of educating with politicians. Uh, and then something kind of tipped, started to tip the iceberg, right? You had one senator call and- that kind of that kind of changed things, right? Yeah, yeah. When we hung up on him. Yeah, because <laughs> we thought it was one of our friends yeah, joking around with us. <laughs> he didn't think it was real. No, nope, didn't think it was real. Yeah. And they called back and said, "Don't hang up. Don't hang up." <laughs> now that's you know we we started to pick up a piece of legislation that was two senators out on the east were were formed an alliance which made it very unique because one was Republican and one was a Democrat. One's very liberal, one's very conservative. And you don't get many pieces of legislation to come wow. into Pennsylvania that way. Yeah. In fact, they, they refer to it as the most controversial, well-supported piece of legislation that has ever happened in Pennsylvania. So, and, and then everyone refers to it that way because it had that kind of support. So Jay and I said, oh, look at this. this we read through it and we said, this sounds pretty good. You know, so we start knocking on doors over on the western part of the state, talk, pushing this bill. And, uh, you know, we converted uh, or flipped, I should say, a particular Republican senator from from Westmoreland County. And uh, and that's what prompted the call. Mm -hmm. It's like if anybody could get Kimmy Ward to switch over, you know, I need to talk to these guys. So the next thing you know, we are driving to Harrisburg to meet Senator Leach. And uh, that in itself was very if you remember, intimidating. Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> we we sat down in this big office in the Capitol. I mean, Senator Leach got a nice one. On, on, right, know. right. It's, uh, <laughs> suddenly there's always people around us, and it's like, okay, <laughs> did we do something wrong? You. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's like he's like, you got. I'm meeting the governor in 20 minutes. And he's like, wow. what do you want to say to me? You know, and it's like, well, you know, he goes, why are you pushing my bill? You know what? You know something. You know, we sat and just basically said. You know, we're, we really believe in medical cannabis. You know, we have, we're strong supporters on that side of the state. We, if you can use some help, we'd be happy to work together. And we formed a partnership that day with that group. And uh, it kind of steamrolled into more partnerships. Sure. Yeah. Yep. 
You guys have really made an accomplishment there. You brought the Democrats and the Republicans yeah. together <laughs> somewhere around an election year. I don't know how you pulled that off. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know that that was us, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so after that, you guys kind of led into the campaign for compassion. That was kind of the next step in this whole journey, right? Yeah. When we saw when we were going and having meetings at uh, in Harrisburg, we'd you'd walk through the rotunda. Yeah. And in the rotunda, you'd see you know, these bunch of moms sitting around or standing up and waving signs. You know, I think at the time there was maybe eight or ten of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chris and I are. You know, the there is folks walking us through, we're like, referred to as, yeah. yeah. We're like, we're like <laughs> yeah. who, who are these people and why are they so loud and seems awful angry here? And right. they said, you know, explained who they were. So we went in and had our meetings and then we came back out and we introduced ourselves. And I kind of kind of went from there and then we had an event for them. And we started doing things for them. You know, we, we knew they'd sit there. You know, those parents were so dedicated. Well, they're that, focused on their children. Correct. Then, and they couldn't yeah. get access to a politician, so they had to kind of grab them as they walked by. And so they would try to get them. So they they would sit there a whole 24-7. You know, they'd just wait and wait and wait and wait and take turns. They so, called it the still waiting room. Yeah, the still waiting room. You know, <laughs> we're like, still waiting. We're still waiting for you to hear us. And, um, this is a group of mothers who had children with epilepsy. All, epilepsy? Yeah, epileptic mothers. So Jay and I started sending them pizza and things like that, you know, because <laughs> we knew they were sitting there all day. And that's kind of the way it started. And we had an event for them. Um, you know, it, it, which we didn't really expect all that many people to attend. And, uh, surprisingly, a lot of politicians attended and they finally got the chance to speak to them. And, um, you know, Jay and I made the, the tough decision at the time to, to get a lobbyist which yeah. for a couple of guys that aren't wealthy guys. And, you know, it, it, that's a very expensive undertaking. Um, we decided that the only way these people were going to be heard was if somebody, kind of bucked up a little bit and kind of fighting on their behalf. Yeah. So we, we hired a very prestigious law, uh, lobbyist firm, SR Wojak and Associates here in, in Pennsylvania. And we had a meeting. I remember that meeting. I know Jay does where we brought Lolly Bench in. She was the lead mama bear. And we had the folks from Wojak and us. And we said, um, here's you two meet because you're now trying, you're working for them. You know, it was here's work for the patients, get us a law passed. that's patient centric. Yeah. There was a lot of questions. You know, that meeting was supposed to be a 30 minute meeting. It turned into an hour and a half and then into a working lunch. And wow. it was uh, probably ended up attending, uh, the attendance was probably about 10 people. Yeah. And the, part of the questions really result, revolved around remember, at that time, cannabis was still scary. Yeah. So this was probably 2013, something like yeah. that, 2014. And uh, still scary. They're a fairly you know, significant law firm with a good reputation or uh, sorry, lobbying firm with a good reputation. And they had to worry about their other clients and what would they think if they represented yeah. a marijuana business. State sure. police, you know, run down a whole list of yeah. people that they represent on yeah, so an everyday was, basis. So that was part of the conversation was educating them and telling them, look, here's what this is going to look like. This isn't a couple of a couple of potheads putting a, a head shop together and selling dime bags, selling dime bags out right. of the back door. This is we're going to run a professional organization and a professional uh, and hire professional people. Fast yeah. forward to where we are now, and patients often yeah. compare our locations to an Apple store. I mean, it looks yeah. that nice right. and that welcoming. Well, again, it's it's a pharmacy. Yeah, you know, and that's what we. I always you know, everyone wants to make it more than it really, really yeah. is. It's a pharmacy with a cool uh, vibe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a really yeah. absolutely. So. 
Um, so once you got that lobbyist, that that's really when you're picking up a little momentum now. You've got the lobbyists. Yeah, they really helped us. That's what really started blowing the doors off of this, right? Well, we wrote you know several points that are actually in the law. I mean, through we got them introduced through our, our lobbying firm and our other partner, John Lubomir, who's you know a very talented attorney, accountant, and uh, so very good at writing that kind of language. I yeah. would say we got to give John a shout out. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> but that's three years. You guys, it, this wasn't a short term thing for you guys. You guys spent three years yeah. paying well, a lobbyist with hope. And a lot of trips back and forth to Harrisburg how many, and, and how many Philadelphia. Times? I don't know, 30, 40 30, times. 50, I don't know. It's you know we we I think. One time we joked it was like if you count both ways sixty something times, but you know it's like it's it was what it became. It became a passion, and and I think for both of us it was like you know one time we just said, well, if it never ever did happen, I would have never got to go to the governor's mansion. Yeah, yeah we, we got, got invited. we got invited. One of the one of only like forty people that got invited, and they they uh, they didn't bring on uh, medical cannabis applicants or owners. They brought on. Uh, folks that were lobbying for the actual bill and and they were advocates. So and people who wow. were advocates who they thought were going to make the change. So, I guess, so really, we were viewed as an advocate and not necessarily a dispensary. Sure. And, and sure. Uh, we weren't really we weren't advocating for our dispensary. No. We were advocating for the passing of a bill. Right. That's what for we were. A patient centric system for for Pennsylvania. Seriously, I, old Pennsylvanians. I can't tell you how many times Chris and I were coming back from uh, Harrisburg or or Philly or. Lancaster or somewhere else, and and you know that lobbying, you know that lobbying bill was expensive. Sure, yeah. and, and I paid it one month. He paid it the next. I paid it the following month. I tried he paid to sneak one in on him. He was now nah, I could never sneak one in. Like, like, How about you this month? He's, ah. nah. He's keeping track. Me, huh? Check my records. But we, you know, we um, there were many times we looked at each other and we said, you know. Is everybody talking to you and telling you you're crazy? Because they're telling me I'm crazy. Like, I mean, everybody, yeah, family, yeah. friends, yeah. you're wasting your money. You're wasting your time. It's never going to happen. Senators were telling us that. This is Pennsylvania. You, you guys know, had it's not even a state. It's a commonwealth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you so, hear all so, these things. So not only were we doing all those things, yeah. but at that time there was no you know, guarantee or even a wish list of, hey, we might even own a dispensary someday. That wasn't even on the table. No. We were spending all this money and For you, the, you had no certain future. Nothing yeah. at the end of the tunnel yet. No. Uh, you guys had to be close to giving up at one point. I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we had some conversations, but I don't think we ever talked about quitting. I think we almost joked. The one time the conversation in a car was, um, you know, Chris, we might be crazy, but let's just keep doing it because we're having fun. Well, we like, had. <laughs> worst case scenario, we meet a lot of cool people and yeah. we have some fun. And what you have to us. remember is it, it failed two years in a row. I mean, we, we were so excited in, in 2014, right? It, it passes the Senate and then the House never calls it to a vote. It gets blocked by Mike Terzai and, and the Republican crew. Never, ever, ever gets called for a vote. So then you go to 2015, boom, right off the bat, Senate passes it. We're like, yeah, this is it. This is the year. House does the same thing. And uh, that's- And we know, keep renewing our lobbying bill. Right. Our, our lobbying <laughs> invoice. So, uh, <laughs> at the end of 2015 is where we were, after we- to, January 31st passed, you got a whole, you have to do it all over again. That's when we were driving home. And I think that was probably our low moment. And it's like, and then to his, what he just said is exactly right. We said, screw you know, it. Screw it. Screw it. That's, <laughs> you're in, gonna we're keep, in it. We're going to keep going. I looked at it like a card game at that point. I was pot committed. <laughs> yeah, right. Emotionally, physically, you know, our marriages were suffering. Yeah. Everything was going wrong. So we yeah. just figured hell with it. Just throw all the cards in and go. Yeah. Exactly. So.
Uh, and uh, Dave Reed, he was kind of the one who ushered in that change to get it on the floor of the house. That was a meeting that we had in Indiana, and it turned out to be what was probably the most key yeah. one, because the only way it was going to make it to the floor of the house was if somebody powerful put it there. You know, and you had Mike Terzai, who was not allowing that to happen at that time. And um, so here enters Dave Reed, who's in his position as minority house leader. Right. Um, because Mike Terzai championed him to get him there. So and then we're sitting with him and he says, shares with us that, you know, a staff member of his had a, you know, one of their children was in a pilot program in Philadelphia and was seeing strong results from can from medical cannabis. And that her other child was going to need the same and that he's strongly considering supporting this. And we were like, whoa, you know, because that's for him. You know, I give that man all the credit in the world because, you know, you're basically stepping out against your kind of your boss. Your, your peers. Yeah, you know? yeah he, he's the unsung hero in this whole thing. And yeah. nobody knows it. Nobody hears about him. Yeah. I mean, huh. Nobody hears about right. the fact that, I mean, he had a lot of influence on getting this done. Yeah. Um, you hear about the two senators that championed the bill, but. It would have never been heard right. if this gentleman didn't step you got up to it on play. a committee that could call it for a vote. We knew if we got it for a vote, we would we could win, right? Because we had the support. We had met, met with we had met with everybody <laughs> at yeah. that point. Yeah. In time. <laughs> uh, so you know, it was we got it got it to the floor, and then it it passed not by a little. You know, it was overwhelming. Overwhelming. Uh, you know, so we, it, we were in the rotunda. We were up in the uh, rafters holding hands with uh, yeah. the Campaign for Compassion moms and some of the other people that have been there from the beginning. Everybody's crying. It was just, um, you know, it was at that point, it was just such a feeling of of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. You know, we, had to, we just again, we looked at each other at the time and said, you know, we got something done here, which is amazing. Might be the end for us. Yes. Then we're like, yeah, and we're broke. <laughs> <laughs> now what? <laughs> Made an opportunity for everybody else. Right. To yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, it, it, we do have a lot of people who, you know, who are one permits who come up to us and say, we we understand that, you know, we ought to say thank you you know because some people actually do say that to you and that it always makes yeah. you feel good you yeah. know because they know that you were there at the beginning and we were the only people that paid for a lobbyist before the law was passed wow. to pass the bill to pass the bill yeah, everybody else sort of showed up they're after paying the for them to push themselves getting ready for when a law comes but people weren't paying for a law to get passed somebody had they were just do. waiting you yeah. guys made the real investment yeah. to make that movement happen. Correct. Very scary, Mike. Very scary. I'm sure. <laughs> it very scary. had to be terrifying. Yeah, it was. From the time we yeah. started lob lobbying ourselves and then getting a lobbyist and then talking to all the people all the way through the process, the vernacular that we used every time in every conversation was we are patient-centric first. Yeah, Always right. about the patient. Our buildings are designed for the patient. Our, um, our, our hires of our employees are designed those hires are people that we look for that we know can interact and educate our patients. Um, and uh, our management team is has a patient-centric focus, and it's a culture that we've developed throughout our company. And, and that's one of the things that he and I had set out from the very beginning to do. Well, we had a, we had a vision for what they would look like, you know, the places. Him and I would draw them for each other and send things back and forth. But I, I think a lot of people in the traditional cannabis space said, no, you don't want to do that. No, you don't want to do right, that. Right. You don't want to have partitions and that. And lo and behold, 
what does everybody comment about? We did them. Yeah. We separate people off and they love them. And now other dispensaries are open and using partitions. It was common sense. Why would you yeah. want somebody? Why you don't, you don't want go privacy? To, yeah. you, right? you have some pretty deep conversations with about people. Your gentleman that's talking yeah. about, I got six months to live yeah. and I've got cancer. He doesn't want the person next to him knowing that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so, And that's one of a million conversations and, that's happened. To and they told too. us and consultants even told us, do not put partitions up. And we just really? thought it didn't make sense. No. And uh, we feel we get a good feedback from that. Well, so, you had, yeah. I think you had to learn early on the difference between people who worked in a, in a adult use space and people who were truly medical places. Sure. You know, and we were, we're a medical facility. I can't say that enough. Right. You know, and that's, that's what we want, you know, the impression to be that we lead the state in medical care in the cannabis world. All of our managers yeah. are pharmacists. Correct. Um, yep. I mean, it's, it's constant medically yeah. focused in there every day. And yeah. they will be when, when we go to other locations, even in other states, they don't require to have a pharmacist, we will have a pharmacist that's on site. Model. So that's our business model. Yeah. So we are we are patient centric medical care. Right. Okay. And uh, it, I, I live with a pharmacist as well, and they can answer a lot of questions <laughs> that, uh, well, that you would never think of. I, I, I always make my doctor mad when I say this, but pharmacists know more than doctors, and that always <laughs> makes him really mad. But the, the, the reality is, they know more about, especially about drugs yes, <laughs> drug than any doctor yeah. that I know because they have to. They have to know all interactions. They have to know everything that goes, you know, back and forth. So to me, you know, my wife always, she always calls and asks Mike when she's sick or something like that first before she asks, <laughs> oh, that's, that's before yeah. she asks the doctor. <laughs> I've seen, uh, I've seen our, our general manager and lead pharmacist, Mike Butler, examining somebody's foot before yeah. one of our employees yeah. in the office just to make sure he was yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, he's the jack of all trades. <laughs> he takes care. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, you kind of touch on another thing. We're looking into other states. Um, broadly, generally, what's next for us? What's next for the Healing Center in the, in the community and other communities? Well, we embrace the communities that we go into. And, yeah. you know, so for us, if we're researching an area, the, the first thing we do is go meet all all the folks there. So everyone from chiefs of police to mayors to the council to all that. And then we, we try to find the local organizations that, that are really good, strong, charitable organizations that we can partner with and help support. And that's kind of, you know, what we like to do as a company. We like to embrace our areas and and, and help people as much as we can. And one thing we haven't touched on is that our facilities are incredibly safe Correct. as well. All of our securities are uh, former or active police or military. Uh, you know, people kind of have that, mm -hmm. that, that, um, that, Well, you uh, can build your place and, and make it like Fort Knox, like, like Jay did for us, <laughs> you know, and, or you can refile, uh, you know, an old pizza shop or something like a lot of people in the state do. Sure. And, um, in the big picture of things, we have license plate readers. We have off, all offsite locations. We have offsite parking. Um, we have so many cameras, not, you can't count them all. And uh, just our facilities are so incredibly safe. And that's the most important. The one thing that separates us, and I don't know if Chris, you just said it or not, uh, was uh, a standalone building. Yeah. And having a standalone building and 360 degree surveillance and your own private parking is key. And I think our, our patients feel very safe entering and exiting our, our facility because they're constantly under surveillance. And routinely, we have security outside assisting people to their cars or walking on busy days. They're, they're you know, helping direct traffic, et cetera. So, our, you know, and our, as Chris said, our folks are, you know, current or former 
police officers, and most of them, if not all of them, are veterans as well. Yeah. So we really try to help the vets in, in doing that, and uh, we're big supporters of local law enforcement. Yeah. It's it's just it, it's night and day when you look at some of the places in the state, and I I think that plays into the whole experience for people when they come to a healing center. Sure, yeah, feeling good when they're walking mm-hmm. into that medical facility, that mm-hmm. clean environment, yeah. uh, with that helping friendly face who has a ton of information about the cannabis products that you're yeah. thinking or or wanting to try that day. Yeah, yep. and our and our uh, patient care reps, our PCRs, they. Or on a name first name basis with most of our the most of those sixteen thousand people that have yeah. come through our door they know yeah it's incredible it's incredible <laughs> it is yeah. incredible Mike, it Mike, amazes you know, me Mike trains our all of our PCRs and we consider them to be the life's blood of our organization because yep. they they are the ones who have the direct contact most with all of our patients so we get all we get feedback we get lots lots and lots and lots of information so you know they are they are a very special group absolutely yeah. It's a, it's a growing community, and uh, I know we're all excited and happy to be part of it. And thank you, gentlemen, for, for fighting the good fight for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, here. Somebody had to do it. On a decade, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went through a lot, and, uh, and now we're here, and, and, and everybody in the state owes you a, a bit of debt of gratitude. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, thanks. Yeah. Yep. Humbling. It is very humbling. And like we said, we, we take it very seriously. So let's, uh, let's turn the, the vibe for a moment. Uh, that's what we're wrapping up here on our first episode of the Healing Hearts podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this this question was submitted from an outside guest. Um, what strain of marijuana, if you had to be a strain of marijuana, would you be? If I had to be a strain of marijuana, I would, uh, can I pick two? <laughs> I mean, well, I, we, I could, we could cross them for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, yeah, right. Somebody will breed that. I'm yeah. not quite the connoisseur, but I like uh, Jack Harrer. Okay, nice and and, uh, and Girl Scout cookies. So Ooh, nice. Al- always, high. always like that. From the time I tried that uh, a few years ago, and it's a nice, uh, it's a nice steady flow. So and it helps. Uh, I have uh, some some uh, uh, pain issues and some sleep issues, so it helps tremendously. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an indica guy, <laughs> so it's going to be purple in nature. So probably <laughs> something grape. So like grape god bud maybe. Grape god bud. It's yeah. a good one. It's good. For my ego too, probably post people would probably say that fits me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear that from me, Mike. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> We've known each other a long time. Yeah, you exactly. guys do. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you folks would like to tell the the people with the Pittsburgh community about the Healing Center that maybe they're they're not aware of, might not think of, or might not know? Uh, I don't know. I think that. Um, you know, I'm not sure pe- people know who we are now, I think. Uh, Chris may be able to add to that, but I would just like to say thank you to the Pittsburgh community, really, yeah. uh, with the bottom of my heart. I mean, they've really responded to us. We've tried to do our best for them, and uh, I really thank the opportunity that they've given us. Yeah, we, we, uh, we are very appreciative of that, and I guess the best thing for all of them to know is we, we always want to hear. You know, we want to hear from everyone. We want to hear from our patients. You know, everyone doesn't, and hopefully this podcast, as it goes through, will kind of clear up some of the misconceptions around our industry, and and people will understand a little bit more about what we can do and what we cannot do. Right, right. I mean, I think uh, you know when you're the dispensary, you're the point of contact. So once somebody gets mad, you know, we're taking the brunt of it. We take the happy of it too. You know, we get we get all of it. So when you're that point, um, that's you know again what what makes it all happen right. so we want we want we want we embrace it and we want to hear from everybody 
And uh, from there, we will do our best always to try to make it everything that they can ever ask for in their experience. Yeah, we do listen to our patients and we have meetings weekly and yeah. talk about you know what's being said, good, good and bad. Yeah. So. Well, if you have questions about the Healing Center, thehealingcenterusa.com is our website. Again, that's thehealingcenterusa.com. Chris Cohan, Jay Richards, owners of the Healing Center. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. All right, thank Thanks, you, Mike. Mike. We appreciate it. Healing Hearts is presented by the Healing Center, voted Pittsburgh's best dispensary. Healing Hearts is recorded at the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University. More information is available at thehealingcenterusa.com.